good morning. It's nice to see everybody. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the time of worship. Thank you so much for speaking to us in Sunday school. Thank you throughout the week of just your goodness and your mercy and that uh, we can speak with you, Lord. Will you just please come? Holy Spirit, will you move in this place? Will you please breathe life on your word? And will we all be able to praise your name and continue to follow you unto perfection? In Jesus' name, amen. So, the message for today is give up to gain, take on to grow. Now, they seem... It's an odd way of putting it, but this is a common theme and something that actually has to happen in the Christian walk. It's part of repentance. It's part of moving from glory to glory. It's, it's how we change. All of this is, is wrapped up in there, but we want to focus today on these two aspects of moving on with God. Giving up to gain, taking on to grow. Now, you see that person tossing away their cell phone. And I know in today's age, that's how we communicate with everybody. But what if God is saying, get rid of your cell phone, use a landline? Could you do it? I mean, that could be, whether or not you could do it, could be the blockage of whether or not you'll have the victory whether or not you'll gain the victory. And then, not only is that, like, even if you gave up your cell phone, and you're like, Lord, I'm willing. And you went to the landline. You know, who knows? Maybe you got a nice fancy phone so you can have one in every one of your rooms, wireless, you know. Then it's just like a cell phone. But then, what if you never put anything into its place? What would take its place? Something's going to take its place. Think about this. We have homes and garages, right? And there's times when we go, okay, let's clean out. What eventually happens? Something takes its place. Something is going to come back in. What is it going to be? You know, when someone cleans out, sometimes they have something in mind. They say, we're going to clean out this room and it's going to become a workout room. If they just cleaned it out, right, and they got rid of everything like that, that's half of it. The other half is putting the other stuff in. Then if you use it, it stays a workout room. Otherwise, it becomes another place for hanging clothes. Right? How many people have the clothes hanger treadmill? <laughs> There's plenty of them out there. Right? That's... It's all part of, of changing and growing and moving, and, and it's, it's the whole process of how we gain the victory in this life. Now, first off, as it says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 46, you know, it says, first the natural, then the spiritual. And we went over one point in this in the natural, right? It happens in our own homes. Um, how about the same thing? If we take, let's go real simple, right? The foods that we eat. 
We can eat anything we want. We can. But is that the right thing to do? Sometimes we have to give up things to gain health. We have to give up certain foods to gain health. Sometimes just as we age, there's certain things that we just cannot eat anymore. And if we're going to maintain a certain level of health, we have to give up those things. William Howard Taft was the president of the United States, in case you didn't know who he was. But his doctor told him that he had to give up bacon because he had tremendous heartburn. I mean, like painful, agonizing, right? And he gave it up for about two years and then said, uh, I'll take the heartburn and just kept going with bacon. I mean, that's, <laughs> we have a choice, right? We have a choice. Athletes give up a lot in order to perform better. Just, it was two years ago, I was in a, like a coaching, teaching, it was, it was everything, like a seminar. It was kind of like a leadership thing and how to motivate people. It was everything. It covered everything from in class to out of class to sports and, and all of it. And they had this guest speaker, and his name was Hunter Church. Now, at the time, he had been passed over for the Olympics. He was one of, if not the, top bobsled driver in the entire United States. And yet they passed him over and put someone else in. And that was the whole, that was when he came and he spoke to us about, you know, leadership and preparing kids in the classroom and preparing kids and, and coaching and all those types of things. And he went through some of those most important things. And one of the most important things to brain function, to gaining strength, to increasing in performance, to help in the classroom helps, in it, and that is sleep. And they went into how the brain functions and how everything on the inside, and he showed time and time again, study after study, showing X amount of sleep, look at the brain activity. No matter what, whether it was just in the classroom, whether it was an athlete, whether it was this, muscle development, sleep, and they showed it, the increased gains in strength and everything like that. And they went again and again, not just from one person, from multiple different ways. And then he said, I go to sleep every night, nine o'clock. No questions asked. He goes to sleep at nine o'clock. That means he's not hanging out with friends or at Super Bowl parties after nine o'clock. He's not, you know, there's, there's so many other things that he could do that he misses out on. And yet he goes to sleep at a certain time and then he rises early because the best time for actually lifting is early in the morning. So he gets up at you know, 5, 5.30 every morning and gets his 45 minutes or hour of lifting or whatever it is, and then he's off to work. And then from there, he has to travel to all these different places. But he gave that up, all that extra time that he could have with time, with friends or family or whatever that is, to say, no, I have to worry about my performance. And to find out in uh, 2020, in January, before the whole pandemic, he led a bobsled team to the first medal that they've had since 2017. First any medal, anywhere, of any kind. He led the U.S. world team to a bronze medal in like the World Cup of bobsledding. I mean, he knew what he was doing. He, he, he gave up what he needed to. He understood everything behind it. 
that it had more benefits. I mean, you could say, going to sleep, you'll be more rested. But there are so many more things that it affects. Things that you never even think of. Same thing with eating right. So, this is true in the spiritual. This is true in the spiritual. Will you click to the next button here? Let's take a look at three people in Scripture who gave up to gain. And the first one, I, I, it's everything. Anytime we're giving examples, the first thing that pops in mind is Jesus because he's the ultimate example of everything. Think of what he gave up. He left heaven, left having everything at his right hand, left getting to be with his father. So he left his family, he left his land, he left his people, and he came down to earth to suffer pain, sorrow, difficulty, obedience to what the father wanted, to his whole plan. And what did he gain? Philippians 2, 5 through 11 tells us what he gained. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. If we can turn there. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Let this mind be in you, which, also, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery, robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under heaven, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He gained an even greater name, a greater position, which is hard to imagine because he was God, he is God, he was God on earth, and now he's going back to the heavens. And in the Godhead, with the Father and the Holy Spirit, they had purposed this that Jesus would end up being even higher upon his return in the Father's eyes, in his position in heaven, and he gained everyone who will call on his name. He gained everyone who will call on his name. You could say he basically like gave the ultimate sacrifice. It was, it was death. It was wealth. It was position. It was joy. It was happiness. He gave up anything you can think of is pales in comparison to what Jesus gave up. He had perfection and was perfection. Even though he was perfect on earth, he had to suffer unjustly. So many things. And he, he allowed that to gain. He allowed that to gain. <clears throat> now, you know, you could say, well, 
he was God. You know, he was God. Well, look at some of the others. If you go back to that slide, Abraham. Wow. Doesn't it sound a lot like what Jesus had to give up? If you, if, if you end up going to Genesis, you find God said, I want you to leave your land. I want you to leave your kindred. I want you to leave your father and your, your, your father's house. So he had to leave his country, all the food that he knew and all the land that he liked and was familiar with. He had to leave his friends, all the people who were close to him and his family, those that knew him the most. And here's the thing, it was not perfect. He made a lot of mistakes in that process. At first, we're told that Terah actually went with him. In Genesis 11 and in Acts 7, it speaks about how Terah uh, left the land with Abraham and they ended up camping in Haran. Now, God had spoken to him before that, before he was in that spot. And then Abraham leaves with his father, with Lot, with family members, with friends, and ends up in Haran. And then it says that God called him out of there and said, hey, that's but his father had to die. And then he left. And then we find out he takes Lot and, and a whole bunch of others. And then you find in the land that finally the situation gets so difficult that they end up separating. Now, we could say, wow, that's rough. God was making sure that he followed everything that he said. But he gained so much. Every time that he took a step closer to giving up those things that God told him to, he gained more and more and more and more. If you watch the promises after each one, God says, move into a land that I'm going to give you, a land that you don't know. And then the next thing happens, and he leaves a lot. And God says, I'm going to give you the land, all of it, not just this. I'm going to give you to the east, to the west, to the north, to the south, and I'm going to make your people more than the sands of the sea. And then, when he is willing to give up his only son, God says, not only, not only am I going to give you the land. This now sounds like some game show. <laughs> not only am I going to give you, you know, you know the, the land and the, a seed as much as the seashore, but as much as the stars of heaven, both, not and or, both. And he says that, all of the families of the earth will be blessed by your name. That through your seed, it will, look at this. I mean, yes, it was a lot to give up. And no, we're not perfect. We can see that in our, like, in Abraham, who were, were through Jesus Christ, you know, we're sons and daughters of Abraham through adoption. And we are, we're following after him. We, we're not perfect. You can see how, he could have left all right at that time as he was supposed to and not suffered so long through all the promises and everything, but he kind of held on to this. And that's some of the things that we do when we need to learn to let go. You know, partial obedience, sometimes, you know, it's in stages. Sometimes God says, I want you to do this. And then later, it gets a little more strict and it gets a little more strict. But it's so he can give us something greater. It's never just losing. It's giving up to gain. <clears throat> and Joseph, 
I mean, it's not always just, you. yep, there it is. He had to give up his own decisions. I'm sure he had a plan for his life. Being dad's favorite, checking up on his brothers and sisters, making sure everything in the field was just fine. He probably had this whole thing, you know, I'll take over the land, I'll manage real well, and all that type of stuff, and then boom, sold into slavery. Could he have protested? Could he have been a jerk? Could he have tried to run away? And we find none of that. He had to accept his circumstances to drop his own desires, and where he was, he decided, I'm going to do the best I can. And he had to do that again and again and again. He had to give up his own desires. And then he had to give up his own desires when he reached the top of, of uh, the centurion's house. And then he had to give up his own desires when he reached the top of the prison. I mean, everywhere he went, he made the most of it, worked hard, followed God, and you see, he just climbs up only to say, guess what? This isn't what I'm going to give you. Say, like, oh, well, well, it looks like I'm going to have to accept something new. And down he went. And then up he went. And then down he went. And you know what the whole thing is? He gained an entire nation. He became ruler, second only to Pharaoh, and saved his own family and every generation after that. The line of Christ. All that thing. He gained it. And it was to putting down something that was his own desire, not just family and friends, not just material things. I mean, he had to give up some difficult things. So did Abraham. At first it was, you know, stuff, location, things. And then it was, well, you're going to give up your future? You're going to give up the promises? That's really hard stuff to give up. But you know, the thought always has to be, God you know best. That's not always easy to have in that time. When he's asking you to give the stuff up or when everything is happening. Sometimes it's got to be, Lord, make me willing. And that has to be our prayer first. <clears throat> so, lots of examples about it. It's in the natural, it's in the spiritual. Will you go to the next slide? So what do we give up? I mean, what is it that we actually give up? Let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. What is this process? Why are we giving things up? What is, what is it doing? 1 Samuel 15, 22. And I'll start, well, the background is Saul, he's the king, and he's been told what he's supposed to lay down. He's told what he's supposed to give up. You know, he's supposed to burn everything. He's supposed to get rid of the king. He's supposed to keep none of the wealth from this attack. Give it all up. And what he does is he doesn't. He keeps the king alive. He saves part of the animals. He keeps some of the spoil. And he gives part of it to God. And God says this. And Samuel says, God says this through Samuel. Verse 22. And Samuel said, Hath 
the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. And then it goes on to basically say, God has rejected you. God has rejected you. <clears throat> what are we actually giving up? The stuff that's in the way. That is what we're actually giving up. We may not see it as in the way. It could be something perfectly fine to have. It could be even unrelated to where we need the breakthrough. But God is looking for an obedient heart. What are we sacrificing? The things that get in the way. That's what it all is. God has a will for you, for me, and it is far above anything we can imagine. And it's hard to even imagine what heaven will be like when it's better than anything you can even think of. But it's the same as true right here on earth with what he has for us in the purposes of God. To gain people, nations, you know, to, it's not just material wealth and all that stuff. And when he asks us to give something up, it's that thing which is in the way that is stopping us from going the next step. That's what we're giving up. Whatever it is that he's asking us to lay down. And that's how we have to think about it. It's not easy. You know, there were some pictures that I had that were perfectly fine for me to have. There was nothing wrong with these pictures. You know, it's not like I was sinning or anything like that. And one day, I just felt from the Lord. He's like, get rid of those. It's like, what? Get rid of those? And it kind of was just a feeling. It wasn't like, you know, thus saith the Lord, like huge thing. But it was just a feeling that I have. Like, maybe I should get rid of those. That was in my head. It's like, no, it's fine to have. And I kept, I didn't even, didn't even look at him for a long time. And then look at him and then be like, oh man, that's so cool. That's, that's neat. And then put him away and then come back. And you know, I started struggling in some other area. Like, what the heck's going on? Why am I fighting this? Why is this going on? And one day, I finally was driving my car. I was like, the thought came to my mind. Those pictures. Hadn't even looked at them for, I don't know, months, whatever it was. And inside, inside my head was like, those pictures. I'm going to get rid of those pictures. That was my next thing. That was my thought in my head. I got rid of those pictures. And all of that struggle was gone. I gained a victory in something that I thought was unrelated to what I had. I had no idea that one was standing in the way of the other. No idea. <clears throat> you know, I don't know if I can come right out and say this to the kids when coaching. How do I even figure out what breakthrough a kid has? You know, it's only through God. I mean, I may be a talent, I, I may have some talent. I don't want to say that I'm talented coach, but I have some talent in coaching. So I have an eye for seeing certain things, right? But it's not the same for every kid. And it's not the way I have to describe it for every kid. And I know that without God, there is no way that I would be able to, to do this job as efficiently. Now, could I do it? Well, probably God called me to do it. 
But there are certain things I have to give up. I have to give up thinking I'm the best and I can think of everything the way that it is. And you know what? If I think of everything that way, I'm so much better. And that's, so giving up my own, my own thing, you know, the longer I coach, the more I give credit to all the assistants and everyone who's around me. Boy, I'm so grateful for that. And on the last bus drive back from our meet, the boys' team broke the school record in the 4 by one which has stood for almost 40 years, right? And then we were sitting there talking, and the assistant coach, his name's Jim Walsh, he said, there's been a lot of, of records broken since you've been the coach. It's like, what? And so we started naming all the records. The majority of records have all been broken in the last like nine years or eight years since I've been the head coach. Now, is that me? Not at all. I turned to him and said, that makes me so thankful. That makes me so thankful. Makes me so thankful. I, I, you know, in that time, at that bus, I did, not, I did not think about any of those at all in the past. But like 75% of all the school records have been broken under him and I. You know, and we talk about the things of God at times. So I'm so grateful. Makes me so thankful. But I have to give up my own reputation. You know, I can't just, and that's difficult. It's so easy to say it's me, and I've messed up several times, not just once. I know what Abraham was doing, you know, <laughs> and he's still working on me. <clears throat> but when we look back at what we gain from what we give up, it's really no comparison. It's no comparison. So, will you click to the next slide? But I want to tell you that giving up and gaining is not enough. Giving up to gain is not enough. It's not enough. It will fail if that's all you do. If you just give up to get whatever it is, you're missing out on half of what has to happen. Because we want to give up Gain and keep. There's a big deal with the keep or move on. Those are totally different things. Let's turn to Matthew 12, 33-35 to see how important it is of the second part of this saying, take on to grow. Matthew 12, 33-35. I mean, all the verses that I'm saying today, you have not, you've heard a whole bunch of times. I mean, I, even before coming up here, I thought of more obscure situations and everything, but it's unnecessary to go into the tribe of Benjamin or anything like that. This is so self-explanatory everywhere in Scripture. Matthew 12 Verses 33 through 35. 
Whoops, do I have the right? Whoops, I'm missing it. I got the, I, did I write the wrong one? Matthew 12, what I write here in my notes. Forty-three through forty-five. That's the problem. It's on a whole other page. That's why I didn't even see it. Forty-three through forty-five. Jesus said, "When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he has come, he findeth it empty, swept, and put in order." Then goeth he and taketh with himself several other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. There must be something taken on, put in, for what is given up, gotten rid of. Must be. Must be. Okay? And we can see this in the natural. Will you click the button there to the next slide? What if we decided to fertilize a field and didn't pull out all the weeds? See the guy there? <clears throat> are, are our plants going to grow? Yes. So will all the weeds. See, so before you take on, you got to get rid of stuff. Will you click the next one? Do you go to the next slide there? What if you just had protein shakes, but never worked out? You know how many calories are in a protein shake? Purposely, you know, a lot of calories so that you can build what you're tearing up. I mean, protein is the building block of muscle, but at the same time, calories are refuel because if you just work out, you, know, you shrink. And you know, you can work out and gain, but it be all in muscle and still lose all of the fat as well. You know, protein shakes just don't make you heavy. They're repairing the muscle you know, to keep you at a certain level, you can shrink. You can actually like atrophy muscle. There is a, a there was a trend in some of the top um, strongmen. There, there are people who they purposely, they just like live their life to lift really heavy stuff. That's a strongman. And they make money doing it. And you know what? I bet you God has... Called some people to lift really heavy stuff. But to do that, they also have to gain a massive amount of mass. Because the more mass, the more power you have over whatever it is. So you, you do have weight also matters and muscle size. It's not just all good. So a couple of the top performing ones decided, we're going to cut weight. You know, we're going to try to do this right and, and now slim down because we don't need to be as big we want to, we want to you know, keep the strength, but trim down. And one of these guys, who's one of the most famous, I don't want to 
name his name. I don't know what, how he lives his life outside of the couple of videos that I've seen of him talking. So he went on this thing with his wife and they were trying to beat each other over who could remain the most healthy and yet trim down and everything like that. And he lost a bunch of lean muscle mass, a bunch of it, in cutting what he was, the amount of calories and stuff that he was taking in. And that's the good muscle mass. He cut too much of one, even though he was trying hard to get the balance, he missed the balance. We have to have both together. Have to have both together. Like, even in the best case scenario with one than the other, means you pull all the weeds and just leave the plants to grow. Could it be better? Yes. You could put down mulch to hold moisture. You could fertilize the ground. You could aerate the ground around. There's so many different things you could do. You could be tending the plant to pull off dead leaves. and So you could pull out all of the weeds and that plant will grow better. But it could be so much greater. What's funny is, you know, tomato plants, they seem to just grow out of everywhere and just keep sprouting and moving. But if you're, if you're diligent to like break off those bottom branches that are at the bottom that touch the ground all the time, the plant grows so much better than it would otherwise and, and does not take on as much disease as fast as it would other, uh, any other way of keeping everything off the ground and making sure that it's there. You can see it in the plant world. One without the other, the best case scenario is you grow a little. The worst case scenario is you go backwards. What's more likely? What do you think the most likely thing? In this world, yeah, backwards. In the world that we live in, there's pretty much a rule of decay. You may make something new, but it's constantly breaking down over time and you have to maintain it. So you can pull some weeds, but if there's no maintenance, you're going down. <clears throat> so we can give up to gain and yet never grow. Look at what the scribes and Pharisees did. In Matthew 23, 23, he said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and ants and cumin. So they pay tithe of every quarter that someone gives them. They pay tithe of every penny that they find on the ground. Get with me? And yet it says, you have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. Now look what he says. These ought ye to have done and not leave the other undone. So they were putting on obedience in one area and refusing to gain, to take on in others. And what happens? They went backwards. They were rejecting the law. They went backwards. They hit the worst case scenario. And that is the tendency. Will you go to the next slide, please? So here, very interesting way to take on. That is a chicken coop that can be placed at any like row and those chickens eat the bugs 
But they don't want the chickens next to the plants because as they eat the bugs off the plants, they tear up the plants. So think about the work involved in this, right? A natural way to get rid of bugs so that you have no, uh, so you don't have to use any sort of pesticides or anything like that. But look at the work involved. Now you got to maintain chickens. You got to build a whole structure. You have to move that structure from place to place to maintain everything. You know, it's, it's a lot of work. <clears throat> Will you play the video, please? Everybody's on a different path, but, but some people are just a little, you know, further along. I get up every morning and I put on the full armor of God, just like the Apostle Paul tells us to do in Ephesians 6. Of course, it's made a few things more difficult. I've had to reevaluate some things like how I get in my car, how I drink my morning coffee, but, but I've come up with solutions for most of these things. It's not for everybody. My wife's not really into it. Hey, can you hear me? Dad, I need, I need you to talk just a little bit louder. Sometimes I hear people make fun of me behind my back, but I just turn the other cheek, you know? I mean, who's gonna be laughing when the day of evil comes? Not the guy in the suit of armor, you know what I mean? I'm working on my moves. I stay sharp, you know? I've got my breastplate of righteousness. I've got my helmet of salvation. It doesn't get any more secure than when you're wearing the helmet of salvation. Shoot! I've got my feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace, the belt of truth. I got the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I've got my shield of faith. I don't know why more people haven't done this yet, but they will, they'll learn. <laughs> right, put on the whole armor of God. Put on Jesus Christ. There's, there's plenty of things that God then says if we ask once we've gotten rid of something. Lord, what am I to put in place of? What am I to take on? But you know, it's work. It's work. To gain, we, I mean, everyone would love to be Joseph to basically rule all of Egypt and have any type of food that he wanted at any time, right? Every day he's waking up by like someone saying, Hello, problems. Hey, famine. Hey, so-and-so wants to talk to you because uh, of all the issues going on. And yet, he gave up and then put in acceptance of circumstances, learning how to, how to grow in difficulty. And what that did was it prepared him to take on that rulership and it was a lot of work, a lot of work, more than we can ever know, managing an entire nation day by day because the other ruler is like, I'm going to hang out at my uh, summer house, see ya. You know, that's, 
That's a tremendous amount. Yes, were there lots that he was, was there a lot that he gained? Yes, his whole family, riches, uh, you know, a fancy house, a double portion. He gained lots of different things. But it is a lot of work to take on. It is a lot of work to take on. The armor of God, you know, t- putting it on every day takes work. Now, you know, there's other things. The Lord has told me, you know, stop watching that channel on YouTube and things like that. It's like, okay. But how often do we ask, Lord, what do you want me to put in its place every time he asks us to do something? We don't. We tend not to ask that question. But without that question, we're going to struggle. Without that question, without that question, we are going to grow this much instead of this much. So I asked weeks ago, Lord, what do you want me to take on? You know what he said? He said, I want you to sing more. You know how rough that is for me? I listen to book on, books on tape all the time. You know, I don't listen to the radio. I don't, I don't, I'm not a very good singer. You know, maybe in my car I imagine that I am. <laughs> but the amount that I can feel stuff changing in me since I have started weeks ago, I can feel it. I mean, I may have grown before, little by little, but it's like something has changed. I find myself, you know, sometimes singing at school. I find myself singing in the orchard when I'm planting trees. I find myself singing some songs on the way to, to, way to, to um, school. Even in school sometimes, a song pops into my head, and that, that did not happen before. I'll tell you that right now. Singing was not priority on my list. When you sound like a dying duck half the time, it's not, uh, when there's lots of people around, I can match. I can blend my voice. But outside of that, when I'm on my own, I don't tend to hit the right notes. But I have gained so much since I started. So much, so much more than I could. And my wife this morning was saying, wow, you've really been organized with everything. And and I'm thinking like, what? I didn't, even, I didn't even see that as something I gained on top of what I took on. See, we take on to grow. That's the second part. You don't always grow from what you give up. Think about this. There were 10 lepers that came to Jesus. Will you... Go to that next slide. I'm not going over all these, but look in the center. See the ten lepers lepers all crying out to Jesus? Think of what that trip would have cost them. People running away from them, possibly spitting on them, yelling unclean, unclean, the pain that they would have to go through, dragging themselves, and however they had to make it to Jesus. Right? Right? And they got to Jesus, and Jesus set them free. And he said, go show yourself to the priests. And nine of them went, and one turned around, and took on thanksgiving. Took on thanksgiving. 
took on Thanksgiving, all the others gained. They gained, but they did not grow. Jesus said, you know, where are the other nine? But then he turned to that one and said, not only that his sins were clean, but that he has been made whole. The others gained, but they weren't made whole. You know, what might happen to them? They might end up in the same situations that they were before. Think the thankful one is going to? I don't think so. It's always possible that he said no to something else, but Scripture doesn't say that about him. Scripture shows us the time that he took on what the Lord was, was had for him at the time. But you know what? Did the other ones even know? Did they ask that there was something to take on? This guy turned back and looked at Jesus. The others turned away and just kept going. What do you think happened when that guy turned to look on Jesus? The thankfulness flooded in. It's not just giving up. We have to go to the Lord to ask what to put in. It's not just evident. How many here know exactly what each plant needs to grow? They're so varied. Different amounts of water, different areas that they have to be in, different levels of shade, different... No, you have to look it up. There's things that we have to ask, and one of those things that we have to ask is, Lord, what do I need to replace what I have been asked to give up? That is part of our responsibility as Christians. We have to find out what we need to take on in order to grow so that we do not go back. <clears throat> who are some people who did this correctly? Will you go to the next slide? Well, of course, the disciples, although they had lots of difficulty and they went back and forth, right? Besides Judas, all of them, all of them gave something up. In, um, in uh, Matthew 19, God says, Everyone who has forsaken homes and family and sons and daughters and jobs and all that type of stuff will gain in this world and in the next. And the disciples say, well, we've given all of that up. <clears throat> and God says, well, I have a place for you in my kingdom. But you know what they had to do? They had to put in Jesus. That's what they were constantly doing. Jesus went over there. They followed him over there. They gave up a lot, but what were they putting in? They were constantly putting in his teachings. They were called to take on Jesus Christ. And then when the moment happened, they were ready. But there was one that when the moment happened, he was not prepared because he was not putting on anything that Jesus was talking. He left all. He gained the money bag. He gained position amongst the twelve. I'm sure it felt good when there were lots of followers and he was able to like boss some people around, but he never took on. He never put in. He was the Dead Sea. You know, he was, he was filled, but never going out. Never taking on that, that task of actually flowing out to other things. But you know that will happen to the Dead Sea? We're told in Ezekiel that water will flow from the throne of God and it will flow to the Dead Sea and bring life. But then it says that that will bring 
life to marshes and other places. That means that the Dead Sea will have to rise up enough for things to start flowing out so that there's not all the salt. And it says there will be fish and there'll be rivers for fishing and there'll be all these things. The Dead Sea won't remain dead. It won't just keep getting stuff in. We need both. <clears throat> so, maybe God is asking you to give up a certain type of music. Maybe he's asking you to give up a television program. Maybe he is calling for you to get rid of self-centeredness. Maybe he's, he brings to you, like, listen to your own voice. Right? You're like, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. I'll stop watching that. I'll stop doing it. But now you have to ask, Lord, what do I need to put on? What do I need to put in? What do I need to take on? And that's the key to growing. We may have the victory for a time, but if nothing goes in, we will be stuck again. <clears throat> I just want to leave you with a, a couple of verses here. Uh, will you go to the next slide? One more. 1 Timothy 4, 7. 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, Discipline yourself for the purposes of godliness. Discipline yourselves for the purpose of godliness. It means, yes, the Lord tells us, this I want gone. Right? Now, can we do it in our own strength? Not always. So we can say, yes, Lord, I'm trying to give this up. But now we have to say, Lord, what do I need to discipline myself to take on so that that stays away? Romans 13, 14 says, Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the desires of the flesh. So what we put on helps us to leave what needs to be gone, gone. See how it's right there? Put on the armor of God. Asking that first, and then it's easier to keep off the desires of the flesh. It says it in another place. It says, walk in the Spirit, and you will not make place for the flesh. It's what we take on that helps to keep what we give up gone. Galatians 6, 9. Then we have to do this. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We will grow and produce fruit. We will. I mean, give up, yes. Just pulling up weeds does not guarantee that you're going to get fruit at the end. But as you put on and you fertilize and you get rid of bugs and you watch the weather and you care and you find out what the plant needs and you, you take all these things on, your chances of fruit are very high. You know, I have a fruit tree in the back of my house. It's an apple tree. And I let it get kind of wild. It was like a test one that I was doing for. And then I decided that's it. I'm going to prune it this year. I've been feeding it. You know, I've been feeding the tree. But there's lots of other things. And I've been researching for years. How am I supposed to care for peach trees and, and apple trees and all this stuff? So I went and I cut it back way more than I thought. But 
not too much because I didn't want to kill it. And I like pulled out stuff and I gave it certain feed, the correct type of feed, and I made sure to pull out grass from around it. And I just put mulch on there. It is so heavy with apples. It has not produced, it produced four apples like the second year. And I handed those to the Lord. I was like, Lord, thank you for the apple. Didn't even taste them, right? I haven't had another apple. And I did that to the other apple tree. And I did it to the peach tree. Now the peach tree, I've had, we've had like bushels of peaches from. It's fantastic. <clears throat> the apple trees haven't seen another apple. They grow and they die and all this type of stuff. I'm worried that the apple tree is going to break. It has so many apples on it. But now you know what I have to do? I have to go through and I have to cut off a bunch of those apples. I'm just waiting for the time. They have to get to a certain size. And then I'll start snipping like every other one. Or I'll leave like three in a cluster instead of five. And I'm going to go through and I'm going to clip a lot of those apples off. Seems counterproductive, doesn't it? That's exactly what is needed. They'll all fall off, or most of them, or all of them will only be about this big if I don't. Or the tree will bust and break as they get older, and then I'll lose half the tree. And I'm taking on learning how to do all these things. And I've spent a lot of time over years figuring out how I'm to care for these things and what I'm supposed to do. And I missed out that every tree is a little different. So I started paying more attention to that and finding out what I needed to take on. And now I'm looking at a bountiful harvest, but I'm not guaranteed it yet. There's still more that I have to do. But I'm already feeling the joy. Because it has not been like that ever. That tree has never been like that. And I was thinking I'm going to pull it out soon if I can't do something. So this was kind of like my last... I'm going to try these things that I'm reading about, new things that I'm reading about. Wow, it's working. Please, please, we must not just give up. We've got to ask the Lord, you know, what things do you want gone? And he doesn't speak everything at once, by the way. He'll speak just what's needed in that time. And other people may see lots of other things that need to be gone. Don't worry about those things. Follow what the Lord is saying. But don't forget to ask what to take on. What to take on? Because there is something, there is something that your growth is hinging on. That your ability to maintain victory over that thing that God wants gone, there is something there. You have to find it. And when you put it in, you'll be more fruitful than you can imagine. And you have no idea what all these things are linked to. You have no idea what's actually linked to what and all the different ways that, that things are fitted together. I mean, there could be a roof leak and it comes in like over there and the actual leak's over here. And really, it's fixing shingles over here that fix the roof leak down there because water's running underneath and that's just where the felt paper underneath has torn or whatever, but... You fix that and the leak's gone. You had no idea. Sometimes it's really difficult to find out where roof leaks are coming from. You think you fixed it and it just keeps coming until you redo the whole thing. And you're like, there, now I got it. <laughs> okay, please remember this week, these weeks, to ask the Lord 
He may have already been saying something to you over what you are supposed to give up or what you do. If not, and it's been a while, might want to ask him. Because our ear might not be tuned to listening for, for that. So he asked him, Lord, is there something that I'm doing that I should be giving up? Is there something that I have that I should be giving up? Is there something? And he's not going to say this and this and this. And you have like this list that drops down. He's going to say a couple of things. And as you say, yes, Lord, the second question, what must I take on? What must I take on? What must I take on? It's, it's the same thing like Pastor Bailey used to take. He's like, should I go up and will I be successful? It's basically saying, should I do this and what's the plan? See, that's, that's basically what David was asking. That's basically what all of those guys should have been asking. You know, should I do this and what's the plan? Lord, what should I give up? What should I take on? It's the same thing. It's just in our personal life. This is taking the same truths in the Bible and just taking it to our daily life. What should it be? Okay? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for how generous you are to us. We thank you for knowing us more than we know ourselves and what we need and where we'll get breakthroughs. Lord, will you help us to turn to you to ask maybe those things that we need to give up, but Lord, what we need to take on in order to keep ourselves growing. Will you please help us that we may be successful in this life and please your heart. And Lord, Holy Spirit, will you just please come and will you speak with everybody in here this week and make it known that we each may have a plan for what that next step is that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.